Welcome to the O2 messaging service. The person you are calling... Where's Bruce? Watch this. Welcome back to the Cookie Jar Golf Podcast. I am Tom Mills, and today I'm joined by Sam Williams. Hello, Thomas. And not Bruce Fitzpatrick. Oh. Thought it was empty on this Zoom meeting. We're sans Bruce. See, I have a, I have a deal. I have a deal where if I say I'm going to pod at eight, I pod at eight. I turn up. I'm a good guy like that. I know. I mean... Must be a busy, busy bumblebee. Um, but no matter. We've got the two of us. We've got our, our expanded opinions. I'm sure we could throw around rhetoric with the best. Plus, we're going to pod about the Olympics, aren't we? So let's yeah, let's be is... really honest. And there has not been a huge amount of Olympics watched because there's been very little Olympics aired in the UK. So yeah. Um, but we've certainly got lots to talk about in terms of the Olympics. We've got obviously the victors and, and the, the gold, silver and bronze, and we've got the format and all sorts of things we could talk about, really. So first of all, let's kick it off. I mean, we managed to watch in the UK, I'd say a good few hours in the end. Yeah, I watched a little bit on Sunday. Um, it was a shame, wasn't it? I think, uh, full disclosure, we got asked to do a little bit of coverage on uh, BBC Radio, didn't we? It was very exciting in Jar HQ. Last week. So, uh, so when, when the BBC get in touch and say, we want Britain's number one golf boutique media group to, to come and do some coverage on this, I was like, yeah, okay, sounds good. And then I thought about the time difference. And it was very, very clear uh, from the conversations with the BBC that there wasn't an enormous amount of organisation or rigour around it. So I think it was working on the premise that someone might ring me over a four-day period and it could be anything between 2 a.m. and 8 a.m. I mean, you know, <laughs> didn't happen, but uh, would, would have been nice. I was, yeah. I'd they probably uh, got wind of Bruce's uh, tardiness and decided that it wasn't reliable enough to call, so they've decided to... Maybe go well, to I the think Rich that's Hills the thing, podcast. isn't it? That, that, is the, that is the concern. I mean, it's important you turn up things on time. But, you know, I was well prepped. I, I thought the wide viewing, you know, audience base that is BBC Radio 5 Live would have really liked to hear about Charles Allison's work in Japan. Um, yeah, I think His so. collaboration with Colt. Uh, I, I thought the stuff around Karai, kind of that thick, wiry grass they've got in Japan, and the fact they have two two greens to kind of cater for winter and summer grass. I was really looking forward to telling the nation about that, but um, sadly, it'll have to keep for another four years, by the looks of it. And of course, the the rising popularity of the game in Asia. But yeah, we'll have to keep for four years. Maybe. We, well, I don't know. Maybe we'll get. There's obviously the women's is is kicking off on Wednesday, Wednesday the fourth. So perhaps we'll get a phone call then. When the women's event kick off. Well, let's start with some of the women's. I mean, I think the men's game has really got me excited for, I think it got the players excited. Like they, there was obviously that did thing it? four did it years really get ago. You excited. Let me just push you on that. Did it get you excited? Yeah. I enjoyed the seven man playoff for bronze. And I thought it was interesting that everyone, I mean, you're not going to just throw in the towel and say, you know, no, nah, I'm not doing it. Walk off. But like, it was clearly meant a lot to win a bronze. And, uh, you know, did, do any of these players ever got excited about getting a third place and anything else? Don't think so. Yeah. I think it's more that, I mean, let's just, you know, if I can force the agenda ever so slightly here, 
you know, can we just talk a little bit about the the format, the 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 event? You know, there's a few for me question marks around. Is it right we've got professionals in the event versus amateurs? I think that's a that's a discussion topic. Is four day stroke play like? Do we not have enough four day stroke play events? And would, is there space for maybe a slightly different format? I agree with you. I think it's good. Like, I think there's a lot of really good things to be said for golf in the Olympics, and I'm delighted it's there because go to Japan, it serves up the world's best players there to a different audience that wouldn't see them perhaps, or certainly you know wouldn't see them that often. It's good for encouraging grassroots participation, gets a different audience engaged in the sport. I think that's all good stuff. But I'm let's, not sure. Let's, let's push back yeah. on a little bit of that. So first of all, I mean, we've, I said I'll start with two, three different things already, but let's start with the format. Um, I wasn't sold on stroke play. We, I agree we have too much stroke play. There's, there's so much golf out there that stroke play doesn't really tickle my fancy. Being that it is an Olympics and you're representing your country, I would prefer to see a team format. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to see a match play, I don't think. But I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, like a Ryder Cup style, better so ball. No, 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 but like better ball. Then awesome alternate day. Kind of like the, pair, the pairs thing. I've forgotten where they play. Uh, is it, where do they play the, the, the pairs event each year? around yeah, Easter time. Yeah, but you but, get it, right? It's like the, you know, whether there's some sort of team-based event, yeah. I think that, I, I, think I can that definitely suit, subscribe to that. I think that would suit the agenda better, you know, that it's, you're representing your country, you're playing for it. They have enough opportunities to play for themselves. I think, you know, granted, not all team, not all countries uh, put in two players and not all, um, some countries have got four. I think the US put in four. Um, some countries have got one, but, if they could manufacture in a way that there are pairs and you could do it in a better ball slash foursome, you know, combo, I think that would be for me. I think I'd enjoy that more. It's something a bit more novel, mm. but then to go answer your next question, would that, would that benefit the wider audience and people trying to get, you know, get engaged in golf? And I don't know, perhaps that wouldn't tick that box. Yeah, I mean, it's a difficult one. I think I just think the format as it's thrown together is a little haphazard would be the best way. It's like, what works well? Well, let's speak to the PGA Tour Commission. Okay, how do you run your golf events? Well, we have a staple diet, four days, Thursday through to Sunday, stroke play, individual. And like best will in the world, you're going to lean on the experts when, the, when you go to them for help, aren't you? And that's probably why we've got that. I think there's definitely space for a different format. I think that's, I think that to me feels like a pretty, pretty straightforward question. I mean, yeah, I think the way the field is, is, is comprised essentially takes the world rankings. And then I think down to a certain point countries, if they have up to four players within that allotted pool, they can enter four. Otherwise they would enter the top two as a pairing. Um, and, and, and that's how they'd go about it. But you, you just change the rules to fit that. I think I just personally would like to see that. I'd have loved to have seen, you know, Casey and Fleetwood kind of ham and egg in it around there a bit and sort of a bit of bromance and a bit of fun. Yeah, a bit I'd of love to have seen like Rory and Shane, you know, that would have just, that for me would have made the event a lot more watchable. I think watching seven guys just parring their faces off down the 18th on repeat, like that's doing nothing for the sports to me. I, I think anyway, like I, I, you've got to always put yourself in the shoes of like, when you're watching weightlifting or diving with this stuff, whatever, it just looks 
how does it look to the to the viewing public? And so, well, I'm watching the same guys take four shots down the same hole on repeat. Mm. Well, that's not ticking the latter box to me. I think part of the reason the Ryder Cup works so much is yes, it's it's team versus team, but it's that team spirit that you you get that you don't ever see in golf. And I think they had an opportunity to to capitalize on that and expand it. The Ryder Cup is obviously um, just Europe and America, and you've got the Presidents Cup as well. But I don't know. Like, it didn't, like you say, we're just watching the sort of par fest down the playoff hole. They they all obviously really wanted it. Um, yeah, of course. And like, on to your you point know, about good. expanding the game, like. I'm not sure how they managed to... Okay, it's not their fault. I'm not sure how they managed to expand the game when they're not allowed any spectators on site and they're not televising the event until the last three holes on the last day. Perhaps there are mechanisms to, to watch it that we weren't aware of, but... You know, yeah, well, I think the... the game, no, well, I think that's the, that's the thing. So in the UK, when we had London 2012, I think, and 2016, the BBC essentially owned the broadcasting rights, which meant through things like Red Button, you could just hop between all the different sports. So they'd built this kind of nice plethora, click on the Red Button and you can watch everything from tiddlywinks to golf and everything in between. Whereas now, because everything's dependent on like streaming services, what they've got is a situation where all the individual sporting distribution rights have already been packaged up and sold off. So... Maybe that's a bit of a shame because, you know, again, this isn't a, a sports podcast. This is a golf podcast, but it is nice when you're watching the Olympics to move to something that's like yeah. topical and going on. So, um, I mean, another kind of, you know, penny for your thoughts here, Tom, but we ran a little bit of a poll across um, Twitter, Instagram, amazingly well-received, high levels of engagement. As um, always with the servers at Instagram were broken. Um, should the Olympics particularly golf, be professional or amateurs. And I've kind of done a little bit of light reading around this. Um, I'd, be, I'd be interested to get your take. Okay, I'll put it back on you. Uh, are you asking about golf or, the, or just the Olympics in general? Oh, no, 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 about golf. Okay. Um, would you rather not see Andy Murray or Roger Federer or Nadal play tennis in the Olympics? And I think that's a really good counter argument. So I, I, you know, I wonder if maybe it's as, just as, kind as of someone for me who doesn't watch tennis. Yeah. I'm not really that. I would watch Federer and Nadal. So in that respect, it's a poll because I'll watch it because it's the Olympics and I'll watch it because they're the best players in the world. So if I reverse that and I want someone to be engaged in golf, I want the best players in the world on display. That's my and I think that's where I've got to after a, a few days of navel gazing on this one. Because, How does one navel gaze? Well, you're just staring at your stomach thinking, aren't you, really? That is, that, is, that, is, that is, yeah, and occasionally looking at the ceiling. That is navel gazing in its purest form. That's pretty much where I got to. I wonder if maybe, look, we're right on the edge here of being out and out obsessed with the game. And, you know, we really like seeing stuff that's a bit different because we get a good, good dollop of PGA Tour golf and major championships. But yeah, I, I, I kind of think, do you know what? I'm not really into my tennis. I'll watch Wimbledon. If the tennis was on and it didn't have the Federers, the Murrays, the Nadals playing, I'm not sure it would float my boat. So I think that's a really good counter argument. Amazingly, and maybe, maybe a, a strong indication of, you know, kind of people's passion to see more amateur golf, I think, more than anything. But there was a, a fairly strong majority that wanted to see 
amateurs and there's a lot of you know a lot of votes in that poll like jokes well, aside, i can 100 agree with it in terms of in a purest golf form format these players get paid plenty of money they get opportunities to do plenty of things um you know it's not the pinnacle of their sport as much Correct. as whichever way you want a hundred meter spinter that is it you know yeah. that's the pinnacle so i can i can completely see the argument for get the amateurs in there make it the pinnacle of amateur golf you know that you win the usam you win the amateur in the uk and you win the olympics and that's like the pinnacle of amateur golf i get it like i think that as a golfing purist but from a commercial entity and in the grow the game format i think you yeah you've got to be realistic and that I, that's where i kind of came to it, i think um it's quite interesting because i think you know, maybe I've been carrying around the soundtrack for a while about this, but, you know, the Olympics is essentially amateur sportsmen. And the reality is they're not. Like, for the last 40 or 50 years, since we've had Coca-Cola and McDonald's or whoever else kind of get, you know, what you know, using that as, an, as a kind of commercial platform, these are paid athletes. You know, I yeah. think... I can't say Usain Bolt that, was doing it for a laugh. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, was it, you know, Richard Branson's kind of throwing money in left, right and centre, wasn't he? Exactly. Um, <laughs> But you've got the only sports I think where that doesn't exist is wrestling and boxing. Um, yeah, but there's a, there's, a, there's a very big distinction, isn't there? Which yeah, I like. You know, there's the the, but it's a, you know th think about boxing for instance. It is essentially a different sport. They've got different protection. They they bout for different lengths with different number of rounds. You know, it's it's a dialed back version of the professional sport. And once you turn pro, you understand you cannot play, you cannot participate in the Olympics. That's fine. They sign up to that. You know what I mean? Yeah, bloodbath, wouldn't it? You start putting people like Joshua in the ring against, you know, I don't know, um, the the you know Gibraltar's number one heavyweight. Like, you know, I mean, it's it's a, it's a bloodbath there, isn't it? It's so like Eurovision. You don't want to see pros in Eurovision, do you? It's no, just no, precisely carnage. So I, I think that's kind of set, set, set the world's right in terms of the format for me and, and, and the players. I think that was quite key. Um, I want to know, final question I've got for you on this, Tom. I want your take. Did the Australian 2020 cricket kit work for you on the golf course? Cameron Smith, Mark Leishman. It? <sighs> it was a strong look. I, mean, I think there was a Smith. lot of strong looks in fairness. I thought the GB stuff was pretty pretty horrendous as well, well and rory i mean i think it was i think it was adidas stash or something it looked like he pulled a polo from from sports direct like but it was tonal wasn't it it was it, nice it and was tonal. Just like, it was nice and tonal it was the olive you green you can imagine okay. these these athletes that are earning huge sums of money but like getting up to the village like fucking yeah just got my jet to bring me here right where's my stash here it is boys just got it just got it bulk order jd sports is when we're good i mean fleet would look like a spanish exchange student for the whole week i mean i've never seen anything like it it's most outrageous i mean that that polo shirt paul casey was wearing was absolutely appalling but there is no doubt that the australian look oh they took it you know how we still look at pictures of like Daly and stuff when he's on the course or Tom Kite. I think Cameron Smith in 40 years time is going to have goat status on, oh, yeah. on our social media state. When you look at the, the mullet, the tour visor coupled in with a, a, a high vis polo shirt and green slacks, it takes some beating. Well, you got to realize in this world, if you stand still for long enough, you will eventually be ahead of the curve. And Cam <laughs> Smith is 
someone's going to come around in like 10, 15 years time, like mullets will be back in, like these yeah, big tasks will be back in. And they like, they like look at Cam Smith going like, oh my God, that guy was so ahead of his time. It is unreal. But it's such a strong look. It was, I'd say I'd pull it off, but very, very strong. A couple of other little sub stories then. So um, I don't know, maybe I was the only one that was really pulling for Siwoo Kim and Sung JM out there this week. Yeah, it was. There's, there's quite a lot going on, wasn't it? And Hideki, of course. I was well, Hideki. That, Hideki doesn't have to do military, to be fair, mate. Hideki's Japanese. Why were you pulling for those guys so much? Right. So Siru Kim and Sung JM are, you know, South Korean. Part of um, part of the rules there is, you know, you have to do. I think 18 months military service between. I want to say the age is something like 21 and 26. Um, that is absolutely non-negotiable. And the only exemption from that is, is winning, um, winning the Olympics. Oh, is that right? it's, the pretty, it's the only way you can actually um, kind of get out of that, if you will, which is why they withdrew from the open championship. I, I, when we talked about in the pod and I was kind of tearing apart people like Sung Jay for not playing, I knew that I didn't make it explicitly clear. I didn't realize that I thought it was quite well known, but yeah, like they've, they've clearly prioritized it. Now, Imagine being in... Is it a medal or just a gold? It's any medal. So, you know, gold, silver or bronze, you've just got to win an Olympic medal. Um, That's some pressure, isn't it? I, you've, got to, you've got to think. Like, I mean, 18 months, particularly in the world of a professional golfer, like, you know, form is everything. You're dealing in like, you know, 0.1 scoring average is the difference between world top 20 and world top 200. And it, and it falls off rapidly from there. And you think having 18 months off the game would be a chronic injury to have 18 months away. Three to six months is big in the sport. So, you know, you've got a feel for what the guys are facing into there. And yeah, I, yeah, obviously it'd be great to see Tommy Fleetwood or Paul Casey having won it. Everyone would have loved to see Rory do great, just like, just like they always do. But it would have been amazing to have seen yeah. one of those guys win a medal and an out competing on the PGA tour as a result, because they are really some of the world's best golfers. Like they are, yeah. they're insanely talented. And I think it really is such a shame because that feels like, you know, I hope we haven't got any kind of listeners in South Korea that high up in government, but it does feel terribly bureaucratic, um, <laughs> which I think is a shame for what is an incredibly developed country, really. Yeah. But it's part part of the culture, isn't it? Like, who are we to to judge on on what goes on? It is a to us? It seems like a, a huge shame. I'm sure, I'm sure those guys don't particularly want to be going to do it. To be but, fair, but. and Hideki, right? You know, another great story there that would have really capped off a brilliant year. Masters, you know, Olympic gold in his home country. You just, you know, there'd be so much going for that. But it was uh, it was interesting. Another interesting subplot, of course, is Sabatini. So I haven't really, obviously I know that there's, um, I know that he's Slovakian. Well, he's South African. So, but, but, he, but so yeah. Slovakian nationality. But change now, the initial thing coming out of the Sabatini camp, was his, he's married into it, he's got a Slovakian wife and he, he wanted to compete in the Olympics, which is why he, he changed nationalities. Now he subsequently went and changed that Oh, was that why? I didn't yes. know that's why he changed. Yeah, because yeah, he wasn't so going to literally got him status to play the Olympics. He wasn't going to get into South African team, and he wanted to play. When the, did he? That was originally. When did he change nationality? About a couple of years back. Yeah, um, but it's been for a long time. He's been Slovakian. Yeah, but he 
He then came out and changed the party line, essentially saying that he wanted to represent Slovakia because he wanted to grow participation in the game and represent the country of his wife's origin. Now, whichever way you, whichever way you roll the dice and whichever face you land on, um, he wouldn't have been in the Olympics. Now he is in the Olympics and he's come away yeah. with a silver medal. So fair play. Yeah, like. that is pretty special. Yeah. Isn't it? I actually didn't know that was the reason behind it. Um, that's the original story that came out a few years back but um yeah obviously like, like i said it went, went went back and sort of rewrote it slightly i think because if you talk about i've changed nationality because i want to represent i want to be in the olympics and i'm not going to do it for my own country sound the best line in the world but either way however you dice it up that's pretty awesome that he, that he managed to get out there represent because he would not have been in the olympics with um and who else was representing South Africa? And Higo, Garrett Higo. But you've got quite a few above, above Sabatini in, the, in sort of the South African ranking. So, I mean, that was, that was awesome. I was, I was really pulling for him coming down the last, but Xander just did not look like he was going to let go of that. But he had a little jitter and he was out in the... It looked pretty tough to be fair. The course, if you were, if you were in the cabbage, mm. you were properly in the cabbage. Like, there was... Yeah. Uh, um, I, I, it could have it could have really disappeared quickly when he was out in the trees on the right, but he managed to kind of get himself out of there, got himself in the hole, and he was he was, he was back on, wasn't he? Um, yeah. And, and what's your what was your take on a on, on a seven way playoff? I know we touched on it briefly, but you, you say you really you were really dialed in on that. I it must admit, quite, when I watched a uh, whole of it, and then I was like, I'm checked out of this. I'm not watching this for the well, statistically, unless a load of them, unless unless one of them makes birdies, it's going to go on for a while. Yeah, but there's seven professional golfers, mate. Like, you expect someone to make a birdie. As it happens, they all went fucking birdie mental on, on the third playoff hole. Um, or, or they didn't go, because only had two of them birdied it, but literally they all stuffed it in there, and two of them missed shortish ones for birdie, and two of them rolled them in. But it was, perhaps you're correct, perhaps it was an edge of your seat stuff, but I couldn't, not, I couldn't turn it off. I just had, I was like dialed up at that point. I was like, I need to, I need to find out what happens here. And you, did you watch the last playoff hole? Have you seen it? I didn't. I know Morikawa absolutely flagged it. And there were, Mor- there were a few kind of around no, the was, hole, weren't they? That was the third playoff hole. Uh, Morikawa flagged it. Um, so did CT Pan. Then on the fourth playoff hole, they're back on 18. And Morikawa hits this iron in that is the biggest... Andy Johnson, fried egg, you have ever seen. Like, he's, he's missed close. That's not going in the pod. <laughs> <laughs> We're not endorsing another podcast on this podcast. Oh, don't worry, that's fine. Um, the biggest fried egg you've ever seen, and it's like, for everything, it's just death. Like, you just, it was impossible from where he was. So, CT Pan gets greenside, ups and downs of a par, game over. But, Good to see Rory up there competing, you know, Hideki up there as well. Yeah, it was, it was I a nice, nice change of pace, it. wasn't it? Just a shame there wasn't much of it on, but I think, um, I think it's an interesting topic of discussion nonetheless. Um, and of course, we got, we got the women's event starting on Wednesday, and there's some serious names in there. We've got Minji Lee, Brooke Henderson, Sophia Popov, Mel Reed, and Jody Hewitt-Sadoff representing the UK, Maria Farzi. Anne Van Dam, who's possibly my favorite golf name in the history of the world. Lydia Coe, both Corda sisters, Daniel Kang, Lexi Thompson. Serious. It's still the same track, isn't it? Casamiga Secchi, it's still the same place. 
and I'm amazed you can pronounce it. Yeah, I know. But that's what happens when, you, when you're asked to go on to national radio, mate, to be a, <laughs> a sports pundit. You kind of have to know this stuff. Um, I even Japanese track. Lessons. Yeah, I was, I, was, uh, I was fully versed in it. Um, I, I'm kind of with you. I actually think... Um, I, I actually think the women's will possibly be a little bit more entertaining. I don't know why. I just feel like it's got two chances, hasn't it? And I didn't think the men's was all that entertaining, really. Hence why there wasn't much coverage of it. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think, I think that's cool as well. And it'll also be nice to see them playing the same course. It'll be nice to see them. Um, I think the coverage thing, just as just to, to, to go on to you talking about the coverage, it's not that it's not entertaining, but I think for a mass audience, it's hard to, to explain why something's important on day two of a four-day event. I think that's the well, I think problem. it's difficult to explain to a golfing audience why something's, even in a major championship, yeah. I find Friday is a genuine slog of a major, don't you? So I can get psyched about the opening night of the Masters. I can probably watch the first day of most tournaments. I find Friday is a bit of a chore. Saturday, yeah, the second half of Saturday. It's an it's arm wrestle, day, isn't it? it? Yeah, it's just an whereas arm Saturday's moving day and Sunday's the final round. So Friday is... And that's exactly why four hot four four day stroke play is just not the ticket. It's uh it's too drawn out for what is quite a you know fast, fast paced kind of few weeks. You've got so many things. Like those four days, like they they did the taekwondo and ju- and the whole of the judo stuff in like two days, didn't they? And there's a lot happening there. So I don't follow it, but there's there's stuff to talk about. You're not you're not kind of engrossed in, you know kind of small kind of attritional battles with the course for four days. And I think, um, yeah, look, I really hope golf stays in the Olympics. I think it'd be really, really sad times if that, if, if that didn't. And I've, I have no, no question that it'll stay in for, for, for the duration. I hope so. Well, you'd be daft not to, and you've got to think like, you know, they are, top top they're household name sportsmen, you know, that that, such is the, the stature of the game. But, I would like to see a different format. I'd like to see a team-based thing. I'd like to see something played over 36 holes. Um, and I'd like to see a bit more spice in there. I think, that, I think you can get all that stuff happening. Um, final so. final question. Rory playing for Ireland. I thought that was... Um, I think it brought less of a fanfare than people were expecting, possibly because he announced it so long ago. Yeah. You know, like after the last Olympics, he was like, yeah, I didn't, but it would have been for Ireland. And I think in retrospect... Um, having read a little about it, um, like he's always represented. This is from my, my very poor understanding of. There's the Irish Golfing Union, who he's always represented, which all players in the island of Ireland represent. Yeah, um, which rep- you know, covers the whole of Ireland. So it's not like he's made a a distinctly political decision. It's that's kind of what he's always represented is the island. Yeah, of exactly. Ireland, so. And the um, fact that it wasn't a deal was the kind of ideal outcome in so much as, like you say, it was announced so long ago that, and it, I, you know, I think if you understand the nuances of golf in Ireland and, you know, particularly junior golf in Ireland, and you understand that's not really an issue at all. Um, just moving us on slightly from the Olympics. Um, we've obviously just released our Prestwick film. Mm. Struck me the other day that we did North Bear, North Wick. Bear Wick and then rolled into our first ever course diaries. I'd be interested to hear how you thought that went. Um, at pa- Payne's Wick. Payne's Wick. And then I woke up the next one. I was like, and now I've got to write a lot about Prestwick. So mm. 
Don't be confused. People who just feel one's like a, this is all one's a David into a Brown. <laughs> yeah. One's a David Brown nightmare in the hills, which is the hardest golf course in, in the world. The other one like is a Stanley a, Kubrick novel, isn't it? <laughs> it it's, it's really... <laughs> one's, uh, that one's an old, my nightmares. One's an old Tom Morris masterpiece up in the, the west coast of Scotland. But very similar names, distinctly different golf courses. Um, we won't go into the full details of Prestwick, but... No, but I'm curious to get your thoughts on it because I think, you know, we're on a slightly different podcast here that the idea behind Core Stars is obviously that we have these short sort of, I think micropods is probably sexing it up a little bit, essentially short discussions about the course. Um, But I think it's quite cool. I I quite enjoyed doing that one last week, actually. We'll give give a few more a go. I mean, it's been fairly positive response, but I think the fact that we're now talking about golf courses kind of negates the point of doing which I'm still calling the cookie crumbs, but you're not having any of it. I'm not having it. It's not the cookie crumbs. So course diaries, the cookie crumbs can be a feature in the news art, newsletter and you can have that for, you know, whatever you want. You talked about fried egg earlier, you know, they have quick hooks, I think, you know, you can have it for that. So anyway, that's the, that's the closest we're getting to a plug for another pod on this pod. Well, it's a classic podcast. Okay, guys. <laughs> <It's> ridiculous. <laughs> And I was really um, hoping Bruce walked into this meeting halfway through and we could tear him, tear him, tear him to shreds. But uh, he's 52 minutes late for the podcast. I think it's safe to say he's not coming on this podcast. Um, I don't think so. I'd be surprised if he turns up now. Perhaps we'll get a phone call in 10 minutes and say, where are you, boys? I've been I'm hanging about here. And we'll find out. You but... don't think that he's putting pen to paper on a journalism deal with BBC Sport, do you? He wouldn't have, he wouldn't have stitched us up like that, would he? You don't think he's in sort of late talks with Ian Carter about possibly becoming the BBC golf correspondent? The 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 late night answer to Tony Livesey. <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, I hope not. Anyway, thank you for putting up with the two of us gabbling on about absolute nonsense. If you haven't checked out our Prestwick film, please do. And we will be releasing the, another Course Diaries podcast at the later part of this week. But if you have any comments, as always, please do get in touch with us on at Cookie Jar Golf. And until then, we will speak to you next time. Adios. Watch this. No way.